Forgotten Flicks remembers The All-Nighter, 1987. The Last Night. We are going to party. You like? The Last Party. The Last Chance to Find. One earth-shattering, significant romance. You know what you need? An older man. The last moment before adulthood to screw up really good. I got a job waiting for my graduation. Fifty thousand year old buy a lot of beer. Things are going great and they're only getting better. Seen anything unusual? I'm doing all right, getting good grades. The future's so bright. I gotta wear shades. Susanna Hall. America's hottest female rock singer in her motion picture debut, The All-Nighter. We're just getting to the great stuff. Hello, welcome to Forgotten Flicks. I'm Joel, and my future is so bright. I've you gotta got wear a, shade. I've got a cataract. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am I am joined by two amazing, amazing Forgotten Flicksians. <laughs> Peter, hi, and Daryl, dude. Rock and roll, man. Dude. All right, so if you're new to the show, let's get this all out of the way now. Spoilers ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. We are going to spoil the mess out of this movie. And believe me, believe you me, you don't want us doing that on this picture. Mm. This picture, of course, being the all-nighter from 1987. Now, before we get into some sort of synopses or uh, general breakdown of the premise of this motion picture, whose fault, I mean... Choice was it to watch this one? I'm trying to remember. Killer's fault. It was Killer's fault on this one? It was Killer's fault. It wasn't CJ. Oh. Val. It's killer. You are you, man. <laughs> Molly. There there is so much wisdom and philosophical uh, ponderings. I am me. I am me and you are you. If you write down something on a piece of paper, it's written word, man. You know, it's funny. There's somebody out there, and I apologize to that person, that that one person right now, who is in iTunes going, you know what? You know what movie was my favorite movie growing up? Or, or it's like that, my favorite movie. Because I've had several people email us. Oh, you know how I found you? I was searching for Bruce Campbell, or I was searching for this one random, somewhat obscure movie, and, and that's how I found you guys. And this will be the one time that somebody's going to go, you know, the all-nighter. I love that movie. And already... <laughs> The snark level. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah okay. And it, it, it was me. Was this Peter? Okay. I, I chose this in one. In your defense, though, Peter, I did not <laughs> I did not recoil in horror at the idea because the only thing I remembered about this movie, I knew I had never seen it, but it was one of those ubiquitous VHS covers that uh-huh. I, I certainly in my uh, tween and teenage years recall very well because as I also recall it has Susanna Hoffs prominently featured uh, in a bikini if I recall uh-huh. mm. yes. yes and they of course and uh, that cover 
gave the distinct impression that this was one of those nineteen mid nineteen eighties teen sex comedies. Yeah, like zany. hard bodies. Yeah, yeah, like a hard bodies or Revenge of the Nerds. It's that that zany over the top. Now I saw it was PG thirteen. I was like, okay, well, it's obviously not. It's going to be zany, but by eighty standards, we just watched the Wraith, which mm-hmm. you know, Wraith for your life, Charlie Brown, and <laughs> it, it also was PG thirteen from the year before that, and it was by today. It would probably be R, I would think, if they put that cut of that movie out. I think it would get an R. Probably. Or close to it. Maybe because there was no real language in it, per se. So maybe not. But there was nudity and there was a pretty graphic murder and some other stuff. So, yeah, it'd be radar. Yeah, maybe it'd definitely teeter on it. It would teeter on it. So, yeah. But this movie is PG-13. So again, I'm thinking, okay, so it's going to be is that just one of the guys. Because that, 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 that earns its PG-13, I think. So <laughs> I figured it's going to be in that league. And okay. then I watched it. Yes. So, Peter, do you want to synopsize this, if if that's even possible? No, because you sound so negative. I'm not, oh, I see, I see, but see, you don't know that I'll be no. negative. No, I don't. It's basically, it's uh, they're graduating and they're having uh, the party of all parties, basically, to end yes. their, their time the together. And uh, yeah, the, yeah, right. And uh, that's basically it. Yes. That's the premise, and then stuff happens. Stuff does happen, and if that's the word we choose to use, we'll keep this a clean episode, much like this movie, because I want to get this out of the way right now. Why in Hades was this PG-13? I I heard them drop the S-bomb one time, and there was some alluded to sexual activity, and towards the end, there was a scene, but it was... I mean, it was like something you would probably see in a soap opera. I mean, it was probably the Top Gun sex scene, which is a PG movie, was more substantial. <clears throat> so I, I don't know. I'm, I was watching this movie going, why is this PG thirteen? Because do you guys seriously? I'm, I'm always fascinated by why movies are rated yeah. what they're rated. So I have no answer. It was the biggest tease. Like it, it was That's one of those true. movies where <laughs> they make you think there's, there's going to be, gonna be a lot of yeah. it's, okay. Hang on. And, it's an all-night tease. Yes. Oh, there you go. You got done there. You done did that, well, there. And, yeah, they definitely tried to make it seem like, hey, it's Susanna Hoffs. And just for those beautiful, wonderful people in the audience that may not know who she is, I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for you. And she was the lead singer of The Bangles. The Bangles. Oh, yes. I still love The Bangles. Yes. Walk Like an yeah. Egyptian. Yes. Manic Monday. That's all I got. And my only dream. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's a good one. Eternal Flame. That's right. Yeah. Eternal Flame. I had, I had, I know I'm I'm unique in this way. I remember having a uh, pretty profound crush on Miss Hoffs. She may have contributed to the puberty push along with uh, Ms. Maroney and, and some others. No shit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> did I ever let's, tell let's you my? Th- let's put it this way: Jay Roach is a happy man. That's or right. You always forget that she's married to uh, Mr. Roach, yeah. mm-hmm. and that is not uh, Theo's best buddy from the Cosby Show. No, uh, no. It, it is the director of Austin Powers, right? Did he do the Austin Powers movies? Uh, yes, he did. And Meet the Parents. I didn't know uh, about I, that one. I think he did. I think he did Meet the Parents. I don't, yeah. I don't know about that one. Never checked, but uh, the Austin Powers yeah. movies, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Uh, he, yeah, in which she's also in two of them. What, the which, first and third one. What, Austin Powers? 
Susanna Hoff, yeah. Who was she in that? Yeah. I don't remember. It's been a while since uh, she, was, she was just in the band. Oh, uh, okay. The musical interludes, basically. So basically, her husband had seen this movie and said, uh, Honey, I'm just going to have you do just what, sing. what you do the best. Just you never know. Sing, sing and look pretty. I will say this, that she's not obviously not an actress. This is her probably her one and only. Isn't this her only major acting? Uh, yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. And while she was not a... I, I'm trying to be nice about it. She was not a <clears throat> phenomenal actress. Okay, I think that's fair yeah, to say. She, she, no, but she was not all she bad. Was, no, she was. She not. wasn't the worst actor in the movie. Be, and bless her, she was better than Madonna. <laughs> yes. So, mm. pretty much, I don't know that I've ever seen a movie that Madonna, other than that Truth or Dare, which was a documentary. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I could think of a single Madonna movie where you walked away going, "Wow." Wow, that was that was amazing. No, you may no you may you you might have said wow, yeah, but it was or is it more like a wow? Well, yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> this movie was directed by uh, someone named Tamar Simon Hoffs. Now, I was watching the credits and I went, "Huh, I wonder if that uh-huh. was." I had forgotten she was married to uh, Mr. Roach. So I was like, oh, is that like, is maybe her husband? Maybe her husband at the time, because of the name Tamar Simon. I thought, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's a, her husband. So, of course, took minimal research to find out, no, it wasn't her husband. It's her mom. Yeah, I know. Her mom directed I totally this. forgotten about this. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. With, with certain scenes in this movie, you go, mm, Okay, yeah. so I wasn't the only fuddy-duddy in the audience then. Because I'm watching uh, this going, no. is there something wrong with me here? Because I'm thinking, if that's my daughter, <laughs> now I'm a dad, so maybe yes. I, my perception of if it was my little girl, mm. I'm going to be probably just say a smidgen more protective. But, but, but I would say I could understand why they didn't go farther than they no, could have. Sure, yeah. Sure. Because she, it was her mother. Yes, but I'm just yep. saying, there's, and it's funny, not the love scene as much, mm-hmm. because I think... Because it's not a real love, it's, a, it's, a, it's more of a soap opera love yeah, scene. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And and I think that... Cuddle between sheets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you see some backs and some shoulders and, you know... And, and some thighs. And a little thigh. I think yeah. you see as much of him as you do of her, so... Uh, yeah. Uh, and I will say that... Badly. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the although the you could tell it was that awkward moment when the uh, the dudes are getting in their gear to go surfing mm-hmm. and the cameras are sort of li- lingering on their bodies. If if this had been made by a dude, it would have gone it the opposite not. direction. It would right. have been the young ladies getting you know in their surf gear. It would have been the lingering shots. So I there was- there's scenes in here where they concentrate on those two guys yes. more than I think they had actual. Um, material for them. Yeah. 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 And so, and by the way, anyone listening right now going, okay, well guys, can you get to the movie? Like, what's the point? Yeah. We're still trying to figure that out. So we'll get back to you. Yeah. We'll we'll get back to you on the point. So, so, yeah. So needless to say, her mom directed it. And um, if it's accurate, if it's accurate, according to, I believe it's the trivia uh, in her IMDBA page. I Mm -hmm. think it's the mom's trivia that, it was that or it was the Wikipedia? Maybe it was the Wikipedia thing I read about her that she was the first triple threat credited woman. 
meaning writer, director, produce, uh, producer of a movie, that she was the first. Uh, that was what it said, and and or something I came across talked about that. Hmm. And I remember thinking, really? Like in '87, oh. wouldn't that have? I, I kind of I, again claiming uh, my naivete. I would have thought uh, by '87 that should have long since been done. But I could buy that though. Well, consider. Yeah, I mean, the I both, uh, she was a director and writer and. Producing. And, and what, producing, too? Okay, but what about, like, uh, Ida Lupino, who did uh, a lot of movies back in the 40s and into the 50s. She was more of an actress, but then she became a director. I know she at least directed and produced, but maybe she didn't do all three. So she Maybe she didn't. That's the yeah. thing. Like, did she do all three? Yeah, that's true. So, hmm. man. I don't know why. They just kind of threw me. I was like, really? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's not like uh, her mom did uh, a lot of movies. She's done basically right. two... Well, three. It's a music video pro- stuff. Proper movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She did two called that I haven't seen. Called let's see, Red. What is it? Red Rose. What the hell did I write here? Oh, Rock Red Roses. Red Roses and Petrol. Red Roses and Petrol on Pound of Flesh. Yes. Right. Which I found interesting. Both the, they're both starring Malcolm McDowell. So oh, maybe. Okay. Maybe she liked him. <laughs> yeah, like he's a good actor. So yeah. Well, yeah, and she did the the Bangles. The, Yes. A couple sure. of her video things, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and and so obviously this was her directorial debut, a feature anyway, mm. a feature directorial debut. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and I can understand why she didn't get more work. Like I don't think this was this was very no, this panned was by bad by uh, everybody. By many. Did you see what it has on Rotten Tomatoes right now? Yeah, it was a zero. A zero. Now let's put that in perspective, I, folks. The worst Adam Sandler movie, which I think they have listed as maybe the Jack and Jill one, mm-hmm. I think has a three percent. What? I can understand why I got a zero because I could see people who don't even watch the movie but just hear the premise and see that it's a it's the woman from the Bengals. And the first thing in their head is, ah, oh, it's just a chick from the Bengals. It'll be terrible. It's a vehicle to promote her and to right. Yeah, and it just goes zero. Thing. That's how that's how stuff like that can happen. It's true. But I think typically with Rotten Tomatoes, they try to do an aggregate of legit critics. So they'll get like Leonard Malton and Janet Maslin and Vincent. Candy I can't see those people ever. They did this movie a Leonardo, Le- Leonardo, uh, Leonardo. I almost said Leonardo da Vinci. Leonard Malton. <laughs> what? <laughs> you ever heard about that one critic, uh, Da Vinci or something? Uh, uh, Leonard Malton. And I believe I found a review by Janet Maslin. Both of them had reviewed it. Both of them, their core, it seemed like their core criticism. And this is, this is where it's always like this stuff will be more fun to talk about. I think the act, the movie proper (laughs) is both of them. Their big criticism was that this movie, the characters act like they live in a quote unquote pre AIDS era. And that seemed to be one of the bigger criticisms of the movie. Now, what immediately jumped out to me as I'm thinking there's a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's you, some old man talk right yeah, there. Yeah, you could criticize yeah. about this movie. I don't <laughs> know that because that, I started breaking it down. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, let's see. One character sleeps with her fiance. Right. What two characters presumably sleep together though? Again, they're completely clothed. Exactly. Uh, but they're an older couple, meaning like. 10, 15 years older than the quote-unquote college They're adults. Kids. They're adults. And they had been together years before. Not that they couldn't have contracted something in the meantime, but I mean, it's, they knew each other. This wasn't some random one-night stand. And, and, and preferences, this still happens. Adults, we uh, do hook back up okay, again when well, they have sex. Yeah, yeah well, well, the other thing that hit me, I was like, because in 1987, college kids weren't having a right. lot of sex because of AIDS? What? And that's a lie. Uh, uh, hello, <laughs> did we not all hear the song a couple years later? People are still having sex. Dun-dun, right. Dun-dun. I should right. have that queued up. Damn it. It's just, uh, it just <laughs> cue the the uh, condom jokes, but it's used. Well, I what, mean, it's, what, used condom jokes? 
Oh, that too. <laughs> so, so the the thing is, I it, it occurred to me that probably about a year or two later is when you did start getting in movies like this. The moment where the character had to do the PC turn to the camera, practically wink and hold up the condom wrapper and go, "Hey." Don't forget this. You're because right. They had to do the uh, yeah, our, know, that, our that, social duty to let yeah, the kids know. Yeah, stupid. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what that's what I, that seems to me. That's the criticism. I mean, who would do that in real life? Of course they wouldn't. So really, the probably oh. the most believable aspect of this movie is the part they criticized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it's not like they which tells they you which tells you already that it's a prejudged film. Mm-hmm. Like a lot, I could, I can already see. Now, in '87, yeah. AIDS was definitely becoming a thing. Obviously, a bit, yeah, you know, it was a major oh, yeah. thing. But see, having graduated in the early '90s, it seems like it really peaked in more of the. I think it, I feel I always felt like it peaked, peaked like late, late '80s into the early '90s. Now, obviously, it, it was in the '80s when you started to hear about it, yeah, but more it was and more. Mo- but, I mean, to mostly the, to the point where they would have a mainstream reaction like right. that to a, a movie about college kids. Because mm-hmm. in the '80s, it was very uh, in the '80s, it was still considered uh, a, a gay disease, so you didn't really hear about it much. And then there was a push by studios to make directors have to put that in their film because if they didn't they would be called irresponsible by damn political correctness which was stupid yeah because i would tell you right now having been a teenager in in the early 90s it was all those movies i saw actually it was probably uh, to be fair although by then i was almost out of my teen years after seeing Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, that, that was the kind of movie you would see and go, yeah, gotta make sure you keep it covered up. You show me a condom. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Like for films like that. Yeah. You're like, that, that's the ones that would get the message across. Yeah. Oh, protection. Good idea. Right. Yeah. But a teen thing like this, and this wasn't even a teen thing, even though it was written like it was a teen no. movie, but a college movie, you think it'd be a little, it'd be a lot more risque, but still, you, you don't put. I mean, there, there was no need to put uh, condom talk in it. It's just really bad. I know they just felt like a weird <laughs> thing to criticize to me. Yeah. It just jumped out yeah. at me. It's like yeah. okay, is like this- I said, it's old. Man. It's it's that's critics that have been out of college for years. Yeah, and they did. And they forgot what they used to do, or maybe they never did it, and that's why they're mad. And they- <laughs> probably the latter. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> do you feel like this movie? was meant to be in the vein of the night before after hours uh you know that 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 sort of 80s trope of it's their american graffiti i, I think it really started in the 70s think, and you know what's weird about this film i think she wanted to do a high school film but Changed her mind and did a college film because she knew she could get her daughter in it and her daughter couldn't pass for high school. Right, because I because every the whole talk of I've never had a great love, all that stuff. Yes, that she's saying is stuff that yeah. you I could hear a high a high school girl saying. Yeah, yeah. Not all her friends like some of the dialogue in here was high school dialogue. Like I'm gonna leave and travel the world for a year. That's high school talk. Like when you graduate in high school. Yeah, it's true, because usually yeah. people graduating college are getting ready for their new job, career. You don't career. come out of law school and go, I'm yeah. a, I'm going to take a break. Yeah. Or pharmaceuticals, yeah. whatever. You don't come out of that and go, I'm going to take a year off. You say, I'm going to get work. these student loans paid off. As you know. Yeah, you got to pay off student loans. You, yeah. you don't get the option to go through all of that. Yeah. 
Med- you practically going through medical school to go through all of that to go travel the world for a year? Yeah. No, dummy. Yeah. That's something. That's your high school gift yes. to do that, and then you go to college. I think you're right. This movie felt like it was meant to be a last day of high school. Yeah. kind of movie. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It totally did. Every time they would, re- if somebody would say something to remind you that it was college, but my brain kept telling me. This is not how college kids sound. This is how it's high because, kids well, sound. And, and uh, Susanna Hoffs and, well, her, her character Molly and her friend Val looked like high school kids, basically. Exactly. But Gina, the John Cusack, yes. kind of looks older. Yes. Yeah, she looked like the old. Yeah, she looked like the oldest. She looked the college. Joe Cusack like, has always looked a little older, though. She, yeah, she always, yeah. even in every movie, even when she was. Even when she was that young, she always yeah, looked. There's always, and I have friends like that. There were the mommies, yeah, the, the ones who yep. always yep. were the more mature out of all of out of all of us in the group. And she's the mommy of the group, yeah. so yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, so we we since we just touched on it, so I has Joan Cusack. She plays mm-hmm. this, uh, I guess you'd say, budding filmmaker. Because and I actually I will say this, I loved the way it started. She's got it's literally a close shot on the yeah. front of a VHS. Yes, uh, that was camera. good. That was the first. The first two words I wrote down was video camera nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. And it was one yeah. of those big honking. I used to have a Quasar. I used to have one of those big. Oh, they were, yeah. And and I had an 88, 89. I remember I got a Quasar. And it was just like that kind of this big clunky thing. and mm-hmm. um, Breaking so, your shoulder. Yeah. Pretty yes. Much. And I like that whenever much. they would cut to the shots that she was taking, it actually looked like VHS. <laughs> Right, it yep. did. It looked like that crappy VHS look. So they they did it because a lot of times, even back then, the movies they would shoot it thirty five, even the VHS part, and then maybe try to make it look a little shakier or a little underlit. And it's like mm-hmm. it's obviously still film. I mean, it yeah, it's a little look. detail, yeah. and they're like, ah, you don't really have to worry about yeah. it. But. but they actually did that. That was a really uh, good piece. I, nice I, little detail. Yeah, it was. It was, and I. I so Joe Cusack was that character, and and yes. I guess it's again easy to sort of retroactively say how things could have been better. But mm-hmm. I felt as if with the way they set up, because she is the one who starts it and she's documenting their lives. I was like, okay, so this is the narrative framework. It's almost like a, a college era sex lies and videotape two years before sex lies and videotape because her character right. is wanting to ask these provocative questions and, and understand her friends. And I'm thinking, okay, this is actually a kind of a cool idea. I was like, this is, but then it doesn't, I mean, it's there. Like she edits the movie. But it never it never pans out no. again. It, this movie is very scattered. Like it's like she, the director wanted to do a lot of things yes. and never did anything. And wanted to, and I almost feel like she probably got I, again total one hundred percent speculation on my part. Mm. I think perhaps it could have happened this way, where she had done her you know, her short, her daughter's very successful as a rock and roller. They got together. Right. They're both very creative people. <laughs> They're like, we got to work together in some capacity. Maybe at that point, uh, Susanna says, hey, I, mom, I'd love to try acting. Her mom says, well, I'd love to put you something. They work on this together, a mom and <laughs> daughter kind of deal. So it's a personal project. They got a lot of passion and they know full well because they're smart business women that they can get money raised because <laughs> if they attach Susanna Hoff's name to it, it's going to make something. There you go. So, yeah, yeah. I, and then I feel as if it's somewhere in there. They drew, they did a draft of a script, and that's where it stayed. <laughs> right, you know, because it's always like, oh, is it Susanna's uh, Molly character? Is it her story? Is it Joan Cusack's point of view? Is it? Val? I think when it started, they did a. I think they went through maybe eight or nine different scripts. Yeah. After it's been okayed, 
and and changed them. I, it feels like this is a film where everything changed on the fly. Like maybe a beginning, it was the Joan Cusack Gina mm-hmm. filmmaking character, and because, because Susanna of, became part of it, maybe they shifted it over to her. And then know. it was like, oh, we need more of the guys. So there were scenes which I'm fine. Look, women should have eye candy. That's great, sure. but you could tell that and it was, many it was shoehorned the, in. Many films we did by men have scenes sure. with women just sure being, is. you know, sexy for, yep. and they have no lines, no yep. real storyline. Purely for the yeah, shoehorned in, just right. And this was yep. de- definitely there were scenes of this where yes. you where you got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you think about it, they're they're a bunch of they're five friends, and right. the one who is actually least. You, you get to know least about is uh, Gina, Joan Cusack character, yeah. and she's the one mm-hmm. filming this. I mean, you get more about, you get a lot about Val and Molly. And I, I bet and you, actually, the guy were too. Cut. I bet you they were for her. There were scenes that, that were been, yeah. done, and they were cut. Yeah, I yeah, can see it. Okay, yeah, because basically, see you see her filming and you see her editing, at, and mm-hmm. nothing really about her life. I mean, you yeah, know, you know more true. about even the guys and uh, the other two girls than you know about Gina. So that probably that might be some scenes cut. You know, I would have been okay. I'll be honest with you, though, Peter. I'd have been okay with that if she yeah, sure. t- if she took on the role as the observant narrator, meaning she yeah. is not the main character. She it's sort of like was it, isn't the Great Gatsby set up similarly where the story is told from the point of view of somebody observing, you know, the 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 character. So the main <laughs> character is not in fact. The person telling you the story, you know, that no. the, the person telling you the story in this scenario is Joan Cusack's character. And she is this filmmaker. I think that's a really good narrative device that they could and it would have been pretty innovative for 87, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, by 87, I mean, you had obviously people had VHS cameras and such. But right. like I said, Sex, Lies and Videotape, the, the Steven Soderbergh film had come out, doesn't come out for a couple more years. So mm-hmm. had they gone that route, it would have been pretty friggin' innovative. And, and it sets that up. But then it just kind of they make Gina just another one of the girls in the house. And she's not. I don't and know, that's a lot of work. To do that, like that's a lot of time. That's more time added to some. And if you're not that type of filmmaker yet, yeah, and you, you, that's a lot. You know, like it's a lot of editing. That's a lot of ass. You have to be able to direct the the actors to do that. Yeah. And if and you have some, and your lead is not very a very strong actor yet. Yeah. Like that. That's rough. That I could see them going that route and being like, we can't do this. It's not working. Who knows? For all we know, there may have been a version where that's where they were going. It's just not working. Because there's scenes when they show, every time they show Molly, who was played by Susanna Hoffman, Hoffs, uh-huh. I mean, oh. she just comes off like she starts to go into pout mode. Yeah. Like she's in a video. Like all, like she, she, looks like, like she does that move like she does in the uh, uh, Walk Like an Egyptian where she kind of lowers her head and like yes, looks up out the corner of her It's sexy in a video. <laughs> In a five-minute video, but for a movie, you can't do the, that Constantly. for an hour and a half. Uh, you could try. You could do it, but the movie will be zero. It'll, it'll suffer. Right. You'll get a yeah. zero on the thermometer. Right. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, it. it uh, I agree with you. I, I think that she – I don't know. I feel – I don't want to be, like, overly critical. Of Susanna Haas, no, no. because you know, nope, it's nope. Susanna Haas. But secondly, because I feel like there, I could tell she was trying. Like there was this, she did. She was not that. Like I said, I meant it. She was not the one who was the weakest actor in this. I mean, no. if anything, <laughs> Killer was just weak. 
Like he was, yeah, yeah, but he, he yeah, was Arnold he, Schwarzenegger he, without that was one of those, that was intentional. I felt like that was almost intentional to the character, though. Probably, but it comes yeah, off that, that I can see him being most, that way all the time. Yeah, but he he wasn't that. Bad. Yeah, I mean, he was. I think three credits or something, basically. He so I don't think he was the that. muscle. Everything in it is like the muscle. Yeah. yeah, the dude. He just comes in. He's the yeah. he's the cheaper Arnold Schwarzenegger guy. So I don't think that was uh, the director telling him to do that. I think that he was just there. You know what made her stand out to me in a mm-hmm. positive way was her smile. Yes, that girl has the most just beaming naturally. Mm-hmm. Like she, the way she would smile seemed yeah. so sincere. And the eyes. And yeah, just there was something about, yeah. that's what I think really, had she not, if she didn't have that going for her, then it, it was about how she emoted and delivered the dialogue. And But there was enough of this, this uh, natural charisma to her. Right. Exactly what I was she, about to say. Yeah. yeah. Which is what probably made her so great as the lead singer and probably caused so many problems with the group because they would focus on her. On her, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you and no, you look at even with the Didi character. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, the Val who played by Didi Pfeiffer. Yeah. She hadn't done a lot of TV. I've, I remember her from For, For Your Love where Holly <laughs> Robinson Pete was on it. Okay. And, it was a comedy. I remember that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She, she did a couple did, yeah. of sitcoms yeah. and stuff. That was you, that's her thing. She looks nothing yeah, was a, she like was in Michelle. Sybil too, right? Yeah, she, she did Sybil also. Yeah. yeah. She she's never made it past that. She's always done sitcoms, and that and was the, it. And the Midnight Hour. Right. Right. Moving violations. She, her story was like, and and that's been told many times before. And of course, it is a real story of there's. Uh, there's always been in the group of friends, there's a friend that always has the older boyfriend and they're, and they've been together for eons. And and it's only, it borders on being this creepy father daughter. Yes. Relationship. Yeah. That's exactly what it borders on. And that could have been fleshed out a little bit, but it was, or it could be comic relief, which is what it was made into, but it just wasn't that funny. It could have been better. Yeah. He was just a little too annoying to the point where I couldn't even laugh at it. I just wanted her to punch it. Are you referring, to, are you referring to Brad? Yeah. Yeah. Brad. Anyone else wanted to smack him? Well, here's the thing about Brad. All the time. Uh, yeah, he was, a, he was obnoxious, <clears throat> and he was, a, he was a, just a uh, uh, sexist Full of himself, twerp. basically. I mean, he was just a twerp. Yes. And, and, and yeah. just the whole moment where they're in the hotel room, and he's like, hey, order anything you want. Just make sure it's French. So they're, yeah. they're you know, they're. I think they're they're engaged, mm-hmm. and so yep. the idea is that at first, honestly, here I, I wrote this down when he first shows up on screen because I I remember when Val the DD Pfeiffer character is talking about her boyfriend. I remember that, but then all of a sudden she's in her hotel room with him, and I know she had told her friends originally she was going to go to the party with them, but mm-hmm. like, okay, I got to go do this thing with. I actually, for a while there, thought Killer was Brad, because that whole scene where they were snuggling up together, so I'm thinking in my head, I must have been taking notes, and I looked down, I look up, and so I, they're, I was like, oh, maybe he's Brad, but they call him Killer as a nickname? You see what I'm saying? Like I wasn't. Yeah, sure. I, I get. I oh, thought that okay. they were gonna maybe do a thing where she and him hook up. Okay, so I thought they were already hooked up the way they yeah. were. But maybe they changed their mind. Okay. I did. I thought that. I thought that after Brad had. Yeah, but actually, it, those yeah. scenes where they were they're all together, the friends, and kind of like snuggling up together and mm-hmm. like that. That I like that. I mean, they kind of felt well. That's real. more I mean, realistic in terms of yeah. You live together. I mean, you. This is yeah. college, man. You you you've been hung, hanging out. You cried together. You laughed together. You failed tests together. You 
you know, you do all nighters trying to study. I mean, you yeah. you're, you have a shorthand when you're friends with somebody that long. And those were also the most music video like scenes, which is probably why totally. They were the <laughs> That's where her strength lay as far as her filmmaking. That's ability. how she sold this movie. I yeah. bet. You. Yeah. She did a montage and a video, and they were like, "Yes!" And they had Susanna Powell kids <laughs> dancing around. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can sell this. I'm sure. This I great. guarantee you, it played like that. Yeah. And so the uh, so anyway, so Brad, they they show up. She's Val is in the hotel room with they're, him. They're all they're always named Brad, aren't they? Yeah, oh god, it's such always. A they never change, and names never get better. To this day, still names are ridiculous. <laughs> I, they, you look at movies now; they're still ridiculous names. Or, or it's always the same. Is it me, or is it if you're going to have an action movie? It seems like mm-hmm. invariably your lead is going to be a Jack or a John. Yes, mm-hmm. because it doesn't. I wouldn't. There was some stupid thing where some uh, casting person said for a movie the name should always be short like that because it's easier to remember or something yeah, well, and, 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 and probably for the I guess you had to say or to get an emphasis you're like John look out right yeah <laughs> and Kate that's the other one Kate which is a great name I love the name Kate but it gets you it's like seriously that to me is, the, the, is the female Jack like the name Martha like is all, Mar- if, the, if the character's named Martha she's always the mother yeah yeah that's usually always the case the mother or the the not the sexiest woman in or the, the aunt, in, yep, aunt in the Martha. Show. right? Yeah, always. <laughs> no offense to the Marthas out there. No, 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 no. All right, so Brad is in the hotel room. He yes. and and at first, I swear to you, I thought they were play acting, and I, obviously they are because they're in a movie. But right. I met, I thought he's on the phone with his boss, and he's got in Brad has sporting this just obnoxious mullet, and <laughs> he's talking on this phone, and the way he's talking, I'm like, are they just pretending to be married? This I know because I've done that. You know I mean, what I'm talking I, about? Where you, where you like, I can see kids. Again, go back to the high school idea. Like, oh, Buffy, I'm gonna talk to the boss for a minute before we make sweet, sweet love. Get in your robe <laughs> and, and so he's, he's on the phone okay. and, and the way he's okay, talking brad. yeah okay brad so the way he's yeah. talking to the boss and just the whole thing is, is like are they pretending right now like yeah, is this real play. yeah that's it did sound more like how i role play with my <laughs> oh. totally oh. You, do you go by the okay. name brad during these brad? uh trips? i call myself brad, brad. Okay. okay yeah okay. like oh, you know, I, I have her spin in circles i always have them spin in the circle oh, i'm on the phone <laughs> So so he they sit there and he goes she's upset because she wants to go to this fiesta and he doesn't yeah. want to go there are a bunch of kids right yeah so, they're children they're children and going back to again this is the first time we've seen this dude mm-hmm. and again it took me a while to okay who who are you how are you fitting into this okay I got it now so she's he, to appease her he tells mm-hmm. her hey honey I got a better idea we're gonna stay up here. You know, as opposed to going to the party you really want to go to. Right. The last night you're going to be with these people you've grown to love Mm -hmm. and cherish Mm -hmm. as your bosom pals for four years. No, no, no. I'm going to make it better. We're going to stay up here and order room service. And and to make it even better, you can order anything your heart desires. As long as it's what, Peter? It's French. So he hands her the phone. He Mm -hmm. He calls. Hands her the phone. And she orders... French fries. To which, at which point, he snatches the phone from her and gives yeah. her that obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you simpleton! Oh, you're so yeah. You simpleton! <sighs> and he and he, he goes, "Oh, uh, sorry about that." She's not too bright. He didn't say that, but that was the tone. No, you know? that was the, I yeah, wish. That was the 
I wish I I didn't have friends, some friends that I knew that were like that when we were growing up, but I did. Did you really? And Nate, she used to do the baby talk. Like we would talk normal when we were together. And he comes when that dude comes around, she starts turning into baby talk. And I'm and I'm like, your IQ just starts just dropping when that dude comes <laughs> around. But there's relationships just like it. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, I got it. It was it wasn't. I just wished it was funnier. Probably if if someone else could have written that, like a comic or something, it probably could have been a little funnier. Later on as the movie progresses, we'll just jump to this fact. Two of the young ladies, Gina, the Joan Cusack, and Val, who is in the room with Brad, she sneaks out after they presumably make unprotected whoopee because I was yeah. you know big beef with the critics so yeah. she sneaks out takes the French champagne goes that's right after the after the room service you know he he it does a whole thing and he orders he told her anything you want and all he does is order French champagne yeah right yes okay so she sneaks out he's snoring in bed she sneaks out to the party goes downstairs uh, they end up uh, the, this whole oh, thing hey. yeah we have to back it up a bit because if you're setting this up we were missing a whole part about Mickey I, does it matter? <laughs> well, because Molly is going back to the hotel, to the same hotel that Val and Brad is on. That is true. Okay, so let, let's let's set it up. Let's set it up. You go ahead, Peter. Set up the scenario. So there's this guy who, which yeah. actually I liked the aspect of the character and like why he was there in a way. They just never gave him a story. No, none at all. No, no, no. He, Mikey, uh, Mickey, or whatever the hell his name was, was played by Michael Ontkeen, right? Mm-hmm. That's the, the way you pronounce it. Harry S. Truman, the scarer okay. from Twin Peaks. There you go. Right. Uh, he's like an, uh, I don't know, a, a teen idol. He was a big rock star or something like that. In the, it was the, character, the character was, yes. Yeah, he gave her yeah, yeah. an old, old sex symbol. Like he was young. Yes. Something. And he apparently lived in the same uh, house that they are living in now. And he comes to visit. And uh, Molly is just ogling all over him. And throw in and and throw in her guidance counselor. I, I'm assuming. Ah, yes, yes. Who who said that she should go with an older guy? Well, the guy. Well, the thing with that is the guidance counselor had it's had implied he had a, she had a relationship with about this guy years yeah. in college. They, they were together fifteen years earlier in college, so they're about right. fifteen yeah. years older than the kids. It seemed to be a relationship, like they were both in love, and he went off. <laughs> And kind of broke her heart, even though they never explained anything. So basically, Molly wants to go to the hotel where he is because he makes sure to tell her where it is. Right. And, and uh, she goes to the hotel to go up to his room, and then uh, to get apparently her that home. hotel. Yeah, and apparently that hotel is uh, <sighs> kind of a headquarters for this uh, activity. Well, 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 wait, no, wait, hold on, hold on. Here's here's where we have to establish. You get the impression at first that a lot of um, high class uh, women, uh, ladies of the night, yeah, professionals yes. uh, go there yes. because we find out from the one and only Hollywood uh, <laughs> Meshach Taylor, uh, who is the hotel detective. Yeah, yeah. he's hotel detective Philip. Is that, that a is, real uh... thing? I've only seen it in movies where they want to emphasize emphasize that they are arresting a prostitute. Because I mean, the security, but I've never heard of that. Hotel security makes sense, but a hotel yeah, detective. But a hotel detective. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard of that. And this hotel has two of them. Well, one, one, one in training that apparently is armed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. 
And yeah. well, no, here's wait now hold on. So let's go with this. So they're detectives, yet they actually say the following statement. Well, oh, oh, you know, the, here comes another one. You know, they're getting younger and younger. Of course, implying that she's a call girl. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and well, we can only can we get you know can we get her? Can we you know? At first, I'm like, well, what do you mean get her? Are you guys are like gonna assault her? And, and, and he's, he wants to arrest her, but only if she goes upstairs. I'm again, I'm thinking. On what grounds do you arrest someone because they go up in an elevator? Yeah, don't yeah. you have to? Don't you have to actually solicit first? Usually, you... that's how it works and in most. Shouldn't you ca- catch them in uh, uh, in flagrante or the handing money? Something. I think something yeah. where they see the handing off yeah. of money. Yeah, and even then, you that... need the poli- There's a reason why the police have to have sting operations for such matters because. Right. Yeah. So you just can't do. That. Yeah. So anyway, so hotel detectives. Well, no. Why? Why would they think the way she looked? She was a prostitute. Right, because you have teen. Yeah. This is a college town, so yeah. you would assume. So the college kids running all in and out of this hotel. Almost like these two dudes sit downstairs at any woman who is not escorted yeah, it's by a male. It's a yeah. yeah, I need I need a dude to to yell about complain about the hotel being sued for wrongful uh, yes. wrongful yeah. arrests or whatever. I, that, it would have been nice to have something like that okay. where they know that this hotel is full of well, dicks. So, so, yeah, yeah, private <laughs> dicks. Yeah. So, so the they assume that every woman apparently comes in as, as, a, as a prostitute. She mm-hmm. goes there, as you said, to meet Mickey. And Meshach Taylor, a mannequin and a designing women who unfortunately passed away. I'd forgotten about that. I was losing your Yeah, he like, passed away. He died. God, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is the, the head detective. They, I guess she calls Mickey, who comes downstairs. At no point, by the way, do they follow yeah, they her. Yeah, they go into that, uh, to that weird bar where they're. Uh... Yeah, and Mickey, and Mickey acknowledges that I guess there's a lot of working women there as well. Yes, right. Yeah. And they have you know, some drinks, mm-hmm. presumably because at one point she talks about leaving, and he says you can't go in your condition. I'm like, what condition? She doesn't act like she's drunk at all. And uh-huh. and she now now follow no, me. her eyelash caught in her eye. That's a bad condition. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and he had he had some some eye drops or something up in his room. Yeah, but you guys are leaving out a key element. She at first mm-hmm. he goes, look, we both know why you came here. And it's not going to yep. happen. I was like, right. huh? So wait a minute, dude. You told her where your hotel room is. Mm-hmm. You know well why she came. You, agreed you watched her dance. So you're just a big tease. For you. He's a big you tease. watched her dance for you in her house for no effing reason while her friends pretty much <laughs> cheer her on. Just so we could have yeah. a, a micro ubiquitous white right. people dancing badly scene. Because you want to, yeah. yeah, and you want to set up a, a love triangle between uh, yes. him and her and Brad. No, uh, I mean, not Brad. No, no, CJ. Well, CJ. I, and by the way, CJ. I can see why you did that there. Because talk about dudes who looked alike. And some, yes. some, like, wait, which one's Brad? CJ? Killer, if he had if he didn't have the blonde hair. Killer has short, uh, blonde short hair yeah. and CJ. The only reason hair. why he looked different than <laughs> the anybody only else. Reason. Yeah. The only reason. But, but she tried to set that up. And even the way that CJ fell in love with her, supposedly, was, dude, I think I like her. She makes me mad. There's something she does. Like all of a sudden, on the last day of college, you've been around her probably half dressed for four years. Yeah, but he, <laughs> like you've been in and out of her house. You, plain and simple, they show the scene where she dumps his stuff that he refused to pick up right on top of the surfboard while he's out. So he's they are their best friends. So they've been. In and out of this house, they probably eat to get all the time. The mommy cooks them all dinner, and they all sit around and 
and all of that. Like that happens for four years. Just now, yeah. something happens he, where because he sees that he can lose her, Daryl. It's a love story. By the way, those oh, that are listening and wondering God. why we're jumping all over the place. That's because how the we movie have to talk jumps all over. Yeah, it is. It is kind of like that. So, meanwhile, yeah. back at the hotel. Back at the hotel. Susanna Hoff's Molly character pretends to have, or not pretends, I guess her eyelash actually does get in her eye. And now he goes from, hey, it's not going to happen, babe. You're not coming up to my hotel room. To, right. Oh, I got something up in my hotel room. Come up with me now. Instead of saying, hey, I don't want this teenager in my room, I'll go well, get the eye drops 20s. and bring she's it early upstairs. 20s. She's early 20s. She's college. So she's graduating I, college. To him. I mean, the yeah. way that he, and the way that they wrote him to act yeah, was true. like, I can't have sex with this young girl like that. It almost. It makes me think that they missed dialogue because it makes he kept saying to the to the woman. He basically said he wanted to come back and get her. Uh-huh. The woman that he was with 15 years ago. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the way that it kind of, see the thing that the there's another problem with the <laughs> movie. I mean, we don't want to kill it, but just that the way that it's a first time director thing. But the dialogue is important because you need to emphasize things so that you don't have to explain it later. Yeah, the Mickey character, he, I think what I took it for, he came back for a little nostalgia to look where he lived, but also to get the, the, to the counselor stuff. Yeah. And to make up for a big mistake. Like I think yeah. like the implication, like we're, I'm really, you're trying to read into it because it, the way that it's so unfocused and clunky, you kind of get half conversations. You don't get full conversations sure. with, with characters and the way that he goes up there and talks to her the college uh, professor, or whoever she was, was like, I'm in town. She, automatically, she had that look like, like, oh, God, you know, like, I don't. She said, you know, I'm not going to do this be mad. again. She goes, I'm not going to make that mistake again or something. Right. Like, yeah. Right. And he's but like, he I, found anyway. my, I found myself driving up here or whatever. And you kind of get a halfway thing of he left without really telling her or something. Yeah. And broke yeah, her heart a or whatever. Separate movie and storyline, just in their relationship. And I kind of wanted to hear that, that would actually want... have the more potential to me because as a, as a almost forty year old guy, like the idea that this guy who's you know, presumably in his thirties now, mm-hmm. that he had that moment of nostalgia and that feeling of walking through this place that had such a profound impact on his life. Right. I think there we can was, all relate to that. There feeling. was three or four different movies that could have been made out of this, this movie. Yes. I think that's like, really the there could have yeah. been a synergy of CJ and, 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 um, and Molly oh, yeah. and, and how they kind of, will they or won't they yeah. could have been established with them, yeah. but they just would never let themselves get that close or CJ just couldn't get his crap together. Uh-huh. To, to be to just to come up to her and be a man about it and be like I like you he just couldn't do it like so and then you can have this guy Mickey who he hated like they tried to do this thing where CJ really hated this dude yeah and maybe because you see yourself like kind of that is you regretting the things you didn't do uh-huh. when you were younger because yeah. you made no commitments you sure. you didn't take anything seriously when you were growing up and that could be your mistake and it would have kind of been cool if there was a scene here we go right in this is, we can name this Dow trying to rewrite a movie again but this is the scene. I would have kind of liked the scene where Mickey and CJ are alone and they kind of say and Mickey says to him hey kid don't make the mistake I did yeah about letting the girl you go want for it, basically. Yeah. You know, like just it, you're always no. going to say there's you're always going to reach for more, but sometimes it's 
what's near you is is the right thing for you maybe something like that something like that something like that it's right it's right in front of you yeah right and i don't disagree with that at all i would say that the real problem with any of that is that up until maybe the halfway point of this movie i didn't realize cj was a major character that he's he's played he and the killer character at first Mm -hmm. are literally the kind of characters you'd have in most movies where they're the comic relief that show up at a couple keep you know what they you know yes. who they were they were in once bitten the two buddies that run the hamburger joint or yes. in killer clowns the two guys that have the ice cream truck they are the guys that just sort of show up randomly to espouse some yeah. surfer dude wisdom and yet they leave. kept giving them scenes yet cj is no... a major element to molly's story and she's theoretically the main character right yeah that's yeah. what threw me right so back at, the like, hotel. Oh. back at the hotel. Back at the hotel. Meanwhile, and I someone saying, "Why are you trying to make sense out of this movie?" Because we damn it, we want to. Because we can't help ourselves. That's actually, I think, that's probably more fun than just being jerks. I mean, we could obviously, oh, that's where it's But you know what? Well, but it really wasn't it, it a wasn't, horrible movie. Yeah, it not in the just traditional had, sense of that. No, it had so it had potential. It like there were different movies because I liked the 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 party college films. They were fun. We grew up watching them in the eighties. That it, it's fun. Yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with those type of movies. Before we, get it's into, just that they could have made something. But the thing with this movie was, I think there was a major problem was, it didn't have enough partying to be a fun college yes. movie. Like, there was not, no. there was no there comedy was in it. And no, no, no. There was not, no not. comedy in it. There was no no party scenes in it. Like, really, it like a party scene. It was way more scene. serious than I thought it would be. It was totally yes, serious. Yes, it is. Yes. It was totally it's, it's not a, scary. It's not a la- laugh out loud comedy. Yeah, no, not at all. Light kind no. of sex comedy, and it was nothing like that. I'm like, no, no. yo, Molly, have some fun. Val, why you gotta sit with your old dude, your boyfriend? Yeah. Party, yeah. do some. Gina was the most fun. Yes, she was, and she was the mommy out of the group. And yeah. the best actor. <laughs> yeah. And let's just be frank, the best actor in the movie. Well, yeah, she is the best. best well, she's a name actor at yeah. the time. Yes. So. Uh, I, I do want to address a couple of key elements, though. Back at the hotel. Yes. <laughs> so Molly yeah. goes up with Mickey to his hotel room. Mm-hmm. While she's there, we literally end up with the Three's Company-esque trope of that would normally have happened to... Uh, uh, Jack, Tripper. J- Jack Tripper, the John Ritter character, yeah. where while she's there in a, in a theoretically innocent situation, of course, she does yeah. try to kiss him. And he, it, I, I will say this, too, for this movie. Uh, kudos for him not being just this down dog jerk because in most of these 80s mm-hmm. teen whatever it's supposed to be he would have totally wanted to take advantage of the 20 well, the hot 22 yeah, yeah, year old yeah. again when i go to daryl filmmaking corner it feel it, i think the director was trying to imply that he kind of ch- he turned his life around like yes. he got away he was a teen rocker thing yes. and it fell yes. through like he and he had to he grow up together, basically. And he, lost, and he had he to get his shit together. Of, and this was him thing in the world to him, which was this other woman. Right. And he wanted his other way. And this was him getting his shit together. So he would not sleep with her. He would have years ago. Yes. He would have uh, done this. Yeah. But this is not him anymore. OK. Yeah. I like it that. just never give you the, enough to tell you. That. But of course, while they're together in that threes company. Knock, sort knock, of way, knock. And there's knock. the the woman who had told him never again, even though we've not seen her since that moment. We don't know why Which she is another problem that why would you just cut her out of the rest of the film and then have her come back emphatically determined to be with just him? Just so, just so, you could have 
the Molly character forced to go out to the balcony and get locked yeah. out there and then call her friends, leave them a message, which then forces them yeah. to come to her rescue, which then forces them to end up in the hotel run brothel, which then forces them to get, see, here's the right. real issue. I just mm-hmm. finished listening to uh, Anne Lamont's uh, bird by bird, which is this awesome book on writing. And she, mm-hmm. and she puts it in a way I never really thought about before. Cause typically in the past, especially when I would write screenplays and things, I would always think plot cause I'm more of a plot type guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what the really that's the crux of this movie is that I think they wanted to do something more character based, Mm -hmm. but rather than letting the plot organically come out of a character situation, which would have required to be a lot more focused on a character or maybe just two. They tried to do this plot thing where, and it feels contrived, right? The the fact that it, oh, conveniently totally. when she's up in the room, and, that's when the lady right. shows and up. And in my brain, I'm 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 trying to I'm pulling for character in my brain, sure, because I can't help it. And it like, feels I'm like just, it was trying to be a character movie, but yet everything is so plot contrived. And you, because you would say, Daryl, why do you care if this professor comes back and just has sex with her ex boyfriend? Because from that's years all. Ago? That's the only reason What's she the did big it? deal. The big deal is while Molly is crawling away, trying to get out of the hotel, you hear they make sure that they give them dialogue saying, what would you say if I Mickey saying, what would you say if I moved back in town? Like, that's a major commitment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we see it from, like, the corner where Molly is hiding and, like, yes. like around the like, – it's almost as if we see it from this low angle from around yes. the corner. The, their backs are to us as if we're just passing oh. through a scene. That doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, and way too loud kissing noises too. Yes, and it's like, why, why would you give her? Not even this was her mentor. Yeah, why this was someone she could learn from. Yeah, why would you put her? Why would you take away stuff from her? Not give her any story. Yet have that part in it where this dude wants to come back and and pretty much change his life to be with her again. All right, back to Daryl's filmmaking corner. That yes. would have been an awesome parallel to have the C.J. Molly story with exactly. the Mickey guidance counselor or whatever she was story that you have those two generational differences, yes. what it could have been like, what it was. And you could have had this awesome parallel. And that should have been my opinion. But I, 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 att- I am a graduate of the Daryl School of Filmmaking, <laughs> Ret- retro- the Daryl School of Retroactive Filmmaking. Yes. And that they uh, could have done that and had this awesome juxtaposition between those two couples. And that would have been the focus of the movie. I don't care about Val and Brad. I don't care about these characters over here. Other than incidentally, they could have been there. And I think that would have had a lot more uh, profundity. Yeah, yeah, the main story is should have been Molly and CJ. Mm Mm-hmm. Other than the Basically. fact that we feel like CJ's just a bit character up until about the halfway point. I could even see uh, well, them using yeah. more more Daryl school. I could even see them using how terrible the the Val's relationship with her older boyfriend, how that relationship, because she, they kind of imply they've been together all through college. Yes. So, and how terrible that relationship is. I can see that being for Molly being a reason Watching friends having terrible relationships is what keeps her from committing to anybody. Yes. Like what keeps her from oh, getting into relationships. Yeah, what just occurred to me: Belle's boyfriend is a little bit older, right? Mm-hmm. Mickey is older, so uh, and CJ is the same age, yeah, so yeah, sh- yeah. they shouldn't go with older guys. Yeah, they should go with their own age, basically. Right. I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with that. Right. <laughs> Well, it could be At a this fear. point, it, none of us know where we're going with anything, Peter. But that could keep it. Every time CJ tries to get close to her, that could be her. 
thing to keep her from yeah from yeah she's afraid to to kind of commit with a, a, a someone her own age right i don't want a loveless i don't want a loveless marriage basically yeah. i don't want to I, I don't want the heartbreak that could be her thing i don't want the yeah. heartbreak so she gets stuck on the balcony Right, of course. That should have been funny. Which it should have been. Tries to scale down. It's still wearing heels. That one I couldn't yes. figure. And gets back up onto the balcony, sneaks out. Well, while this is all going on, Gina, Val, Dee, Dee Pfeiffer's character who has snuck out on her boyfriend, Brad, mm-hmm. they yeah. end up back at the hotel. Obviously, two more call girls, according to uh, Meshach Taylor and yeah. uh, his partner in crime. Yes. Yeah, they they actually end up in the room with the girl. No, well, no comedy. Wait, How can you have a scene of you crawling out of a, a, a crawl, trying to crawl uh, out of the balcony to not get caught by your I professor? Have no idea. To, to crawl to another thing, and you make it unfunny. Not only no comedy, but no suspense, like nothing. Nothing. No, it's it's actually more more of a tragedy. Yeah. I mean, it, you're it's more you're you're basically sad for her because she. And then she, when she lays down and when she can't get it, it's like, oh Yeah, it's, it's almost like you feel bad. Did you guys right. recognize mm-hmm. the bellhop that uh, Joan Cusack and Dee Dee Pfeiffer tried to pay off? The hell yeah, weird. Did you recognize him? Oh, not, oh, I thought you were talking about the cop. I was, no, I was, the bellhop, the the one who... Uh, no, I think I've seen him before, but I can't I place I have, him. have, but I couldn't. I didn't look him up. Well, I didn't realize until I was going through the cast list who it is. To- mm. It's actor and director Todd Field. He's been in a ton of stuff. He was in Twister. He was. Uh, he did a bunch of stuff. But actually, he directed a movie called In the Bedroom with Marissa Tomei. Oh, I know that movie. Yeah, it was got. Uh, mm-hmm. like it had five Academy Award nominations. Mm-hmm. I don't think it either won Best Picture. I don't think it won Best Picture that year, but I know it was nominated. Uh, Sissy Spacek was in it. Um, right. Tom Wilkinson was in it. It's it's a character heavy. It is, but it's a really great movie. He also directed uh, Little Children, which that's which one is crazy, and that's the one where. Um, uh, Jackie Earl Haley. That was like his kind of his comeback, his resurgence back into acting. Yeah, playing a creepy pedophile. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Todd yes. Todd Field has turned into a fantastic director. Totally. So, so he did those two films. So he was the bellhop in this. Yeah, but actually John uh, Turleski, who plays CJ, also uh, as a, uh, I mean, uh, done a shit ton of, uh, uh, as a director. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, he's directed a lot of episodes of Criminal Minds, Revenge, Castle. Castle. How to Get Away with Murder, and that's no, that's no crap. I need to watch that. Is it good? Oh, yeah. Another character show. Okay. It's it's one of those character shows, definitely. Yeah, he's he's pretty fat. I mean, he, like, if you look at his uh, directing credits, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, a lot of TV. Yeah. Yeah, nothing crap. It's I mean, it's yeah. uh, this uh, are good shows. Oh, also when when they uh, go to get, uh, and we'll have to real quick get into why they're in jail. <clears throat> but when they go to bail out Gina mm-hmm. and Val, the guy at the desk there when they and we'll, and we'll definitely have to get into who the Me? person. Yeah. But did you catch the guy that has the crew cut? Did you recognize him? Mm-hmm. But the, the, the the guy Benny Max. Yeah, Max uh, Perlick? Max Perlick. Perlick. Yep. What, what do yes. we know him from? Well, Can't Buy Me Love. Yes, he was in Can't Buy Me Love. He was uh, the, the Cube. Yep. Yep. And he was, all, he was actually at a, a small part cliffhanger, too, I think. Yes, yeah. Ferris, <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day uh, Off. I think I, think I zoned out by that. Yeah, if you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he zoned out by that. It was a very quick part. He was stupid. <laughs> He's character only think he had a name. They called him Benny uh, in the credits. How can you but... zone out there? there? Pam Greer was okay, there. Yeah, that, we'll get into that. Hold on. Don't, don't, don't spoil okay. it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Sorry, sorry. Talk about talk about somebody who, when they show up on camera, along with Meshach Taylor, I was like, 
you guys are way too good to be. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this seems like a favor. Yeah, oh, it's like, yeah, they knew somebody who knew somebody. Or they yeah. like, oh, Susanna Hawson? Cool, I'd like to meet her. They probably thought a uh, female director, because Pam Grier is good for wanting women to. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So I, I could see, see her saying, I'll do it. Yeah, you know. totally. So <laughs> so the uh, anyway, they, they, go to re- they go to rescue Molly mm-hmm. and, of course, don't help her at all. They Nothing end, funny. Nope. Now, I want to address the fact that these guys are so focused on the front door and the ladies of the night that might be Mm -hmm. entering there. They don't know that there's a brothel being run out of one of the suites upstairs. Uh, Yep. Which could have been funny, too. Exactly. I thought that would be funny. So the two ladies... Uh, Gina, Joan Cusack, and Dee Dee Pfeiffer's character, they, they're they trying to figure out how to get to Molly, and this is when they go to the Todd Field bellhop character, and he helps them by telling, oh, I know where you guys need to be. They th- he they think he's taking them to Mickey's room, he uh-huh. takes them to this other room filled with other women who obviously are professionals, and, yes. and so they end up in there, and of course, uh, Joan Cusack's walking around with her video camera. Now, while they're up there, this is when the detectives decide to strike, they mm-hmm. arrest all of them. And immediately my response was, on what? They're standing around a room They're not talking. doing anything. There's right. no men in the room. There's nothing going on here. Not, At least nothing. give them a funny pimp. They don't even have a funny yeah, pimp there was, in there. I was, okay, I'm glad you bring that up, too. Because one thing they I would say, madam. and I'm curious to see if either of, it jumped out to either of you about this movie, considering the time period it's in mm-hmm. and, and the subject matter of it. And it's it just something that maybe I'm reaching here and I probably am. <laughs> I was I was like okay what can we talk about oh this will be something controversial uh, okay <laughs> so did does it strike either of you and this will segue us nicely into into uh, the lovely Ms Greer that this is one of the few movies where obviously very eighties where it's all a bunch of upper crust white kids having mm-hmm. their problems it's an all nighter so kind of think of that night before right. type of uh, atmosphere. That there really were well first off there was no homophobic jokes at all I don't think I caught None. one. And nope. and there was and and the racial aspect of this that to your point about the pimp there was no mm-hmm. pimp this was no not pimp. DC cab style right with no the, pimp and there was and the and really even though the characters weren't major the two most prominent black actors in the film were in roles of authority and power yes. and they weren't played for laughs no at nope. all in fact the Bishak Taylor sidekick was a bonehead. And he got on yes. it, but he was a, never played as a more. Yeah, there was nothing like that. There was not. I was like, this was so PC. But it wasn't. But it didn't feel PC to me. It, felt, it didn't feel PC, but it was so PC that there was no. They took no chances with any characters. Oh, there was well, no yeah. like the, the, comedy that you. Comedy has to come out of something. There was no. Like, I don't think this was meant to be a comedy. You know what my opinion is? I think this was mismarketed. I think whoever was in charge of the marketing, the distribution company, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, that when they put it out there, they created that poster with Susanna Hobson in a bikini wearing like a graduation cap, whatever she's got on, and they made it look at this funny, sexy comedy. Ha ha ha! I don't think it was meant to be that. I think this was meant to be a coming of age drama. It probably was, but I wonder if it was sold that way. Oh well. Oh no. No, it to, get it, no, to get money. No, to get no it I don't done. think it was. No. No, or it certainly wasn't so. sold that way to audiences. Because the, the reason why I say that is why have the scenes with her dancing and frolicking for no reason? That You know, that could have been one of those added after the fact. Like that felt because it but felt the, so You got to throw something in there. When Susanna Hoffs was what, doing. The, the mirror, the mirror yes. scene? Yes. Yeah, I I'm can't not, believe I'm we haven't even talked about that yet. Well, yeah, well, not only did we not do, yeah, we didn't talk about Susanna Hoffs dancing around her underwear, but how about the fact that there seemed to be this visual parallel drawn between her metamorphosis mm-hmm. into sexy babe that's going to pick up this older man and the wolf man 
because if you notice, they cross cut between her metamorphosis into right. putting on the makeup, changing, and they would cut to shots. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, was it Frankenstein meets the Wolfman? It was, I think that's what. I'm not sure. It was, yeah, I think I, it was. I wrote down the Wolfman. I think it was, but, uh, but they show the Wolfman. They don't show because later on they show uh, Frankenstein's monster, and I think it was the Glenn uh, Strange. Frankenstein monster. So uh, that might have been, yeah. yeah. So what I just noticed, I was like, why are they showing it right when Cheney, Lon Chaney Jr. is changing into the Wolfman as she is changing into... Uh, are we supposed to draw a conclusion? She's on here? the prowl. Oh, oh, yeah. I guess that's what it was supposed to be. Right. <laughs> the inner woman uh, okay. beast we'll go is with that. coming yeah, out. We'll go I with guess. that. Why not? So, yeah, so she it's dances like in her underwear. Yeah. Yes, and according to yeah. Peter and Daryl, that is the uh, sole reason to see this movie. <laughs> uh, not necessarily. That's not what I said. Oh, was, later well, on, she's counsel, counsel. Uh, later on, she is in fact uh, in a bikini. So. Uh, this is Daryl's lawyer. His uh, uh, <laughs> that's a no comment from Daryl. <laughs> he pleads the fifth. Okay, Daryl. So. At no time did he ever say that that was the best part of the film. No, he's happy and smiling. He did not yes. say it. He did not say it. He did didn't say it. There's no court of law that could ever convict him of saying that. Sure, there's no recording that says that. We didn't deny it was a good scene, but right. we, I might have said it was a good scene. I'm okay. not sure. He's coming, he's coming back on. Continue with the show. Okay. Hi, welcome back, Daryl. Hey, Daryl. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Uh, oh, okay. Talking so, about the Santa Hoffs on the mirror scene. Yeah. Great movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right I, I i have we touched upon everything that actually matters I, I, including myself oh, okay. i mean oh, no oh, oh, well that was during the mercy but but here's the thing yes they, do they not set up this moment of a potential tragedy at the end of this movie there's mm-hmm. cj and killer who for some reason we're suddenly alone with and we're hearing their life philosophies etc etc they go surfing that's also i think when we get the uh lingering shots of their torsos as they're zipping up into their surfer gear and they go first because cj didn't even was sleeping and a killer woke him up and it was like cj didn't want to get up now i was trying to figure out was cj upset cj was supposed to be upset about val i mean not val about molly and that dude yeah and mickey because he assumes that she went off with him and had sex with Mickey. Okay. But why would he assume that? Plus he slept with somebody that night too. Right. Or did he? And he also said in that scene or something, remember the guy said something to him about that, I think. And he said something where she wasn't into it. And I think, yeah, 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 because yeah, he he wasn't into it. Yeah. Uh, you, killer wakes him up and he kind of uh, pulls the, the right. sheet down and says, "Hey, no babes." To say that he didn't, that she he didn't oh, sleep with her. Okay, oh, are you really? So this is actually a completely even more evidence to say that Bad the original. Cri- cri- oh no, that the uh, the critics may have been a little uh, uneven in their treatment of the movies. They were because if you if you, I mean, because if we're going to do a movie, I like I I, I hate when when when. Uh, Reviewers don't actually watch the. You can tell when they don't really watch the film; they watch at it. Yeah, and this was a watch at it they because made it their mind listen, before they ever saw it. Yeah, right. If you listen to the dialogue, he said she wasn't in, into it, which implied, I think, that they were in the middle of maybe going that way, and then it didn't happen. Yeah, 
No, that's a good point. Mm. But, but yeah. later on, he and CJ, CJ and Keller go surfing, and right. the, he's stressed out about Molly, though. Of course. And the Keller's sitting on the beach at one point, and CJ's out there, and he catches a gnarly wave, mm-hmm. and the board goes up, and it com- presumably came Light down up. to hit him. Right. And, and Killer's reaction, and I was like, "Oh crap! Is it about to take a dark turn? Mm-hmm. Is it about to get re- it's about to, it's get about real? to get real?" And it's a like Killer runs, out. and then I thought, "Oh my god, could they let them both drown?" Because the way they imply, like the way Killer goes, I was like, <laughs> "That could be the end." Holy crap! This movie would be. Either way, I would have been like, "This movie's awesome." You just see the no bodies, but you just see the surfboards. Oh, just they just, yeah, and they just it just yeah the screen cut the credits and the end. No, 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 and no, a shark no. taking a bite out of it. Oh, sorry. No, wait, fade to black, fade to black. You come back in. The you think the final thing is going to be their graduation, right. but the final scene is actually just funeral. Yeah, about yeah, it's almost like a yeah. oh you know what, it's a reverse the big chill with the cap and gown over the cut. Oh, the, the see, casket. that would like you still would have been confused as hell through the whole movie, but yeah. you know, the end, like wow, I know this movie was deep. I just got to figure out how. Yeah, are you? And then her speech that she didn't want to say that she was oh, so she worried would do about it at college, the funeral as a she does it at oh, the funeral. As a we are great, dude. We can even make a, a tragedy. Okay, Taylor well, Robertson Productions. I'm saying. Re- remaking the classics. What? Cynical men, you. <laughs> I think that would have been an awesome movie. I would love that movie. Cynical men. It would have been a reverse big chill. Oh, my God. Could you imagine the amount of people? This would not even be a forgotten flicks nope. anymore nope. if that happened. Nope. People would remember it just because. Remember that dark-ass movie? <laughs> It was so dark. Well, spoiler alert, they don't. Killer saves his butt. And then I went, what was the point to that even happening? So that he can say, before I blacked out, when I thought I was going to die, what was on my mind, the one that was on my mind was Molly. Molly. Because you could have just said, man, when I was out there on the waves, I had an epiphany. Yeah, you could have did that. Hey, man, when that girl left me last night and I was all by myself, I had a moment. Like, Mm. Well, well, uh, yeah, he probably. Well, you could have just said while you were making out. Probably had a moment when the girl left him. You could have just said, by "Are you thinking about me or someone else?" <laughs> she. He uh, could have been like, "I'm sorry." Yeah. She could have walked off mad. And that's it. That would have been it. We would have known. We did not a, not an issue unless you're going to really go for it. What's the point? Did I mention time? Pam Greer was in this movie? Yes, and yep. they used it for five seconds. She could have been the, the the one to tell Molly, look, all this worrying about what you're going to do, blah, blah, blah. Shit is going to happen. That's what part of life is. Then wouldn't that be that trope we've discussed before? Yeah. Well, yes. But at this time, I, I would love it just to have something meaningful happen. <laughs> They're not always bad. Some tropes are good well, if true. you use it right. That's true. That's true. And it would be Pam Greer in the troop. And it would be Pam Greer. If you're going to get Pam Greer in your movie, use her. <laughs> That's true. Good point. All right. I got nothing. I'm looking at my notes. I got nothing else. You guys I got, got nothing else, too. I feel like I, I, touch, I touched upon all that I wanted to touch We upon. touched everything. Oh, I know. I know what it was. Is Brad dangerous and abusive? Because there's one point where the bellhop implies. Now, granted, to be fair, uh, Val and Gina do not hear the whole conversation. So mm-hmm. from their point of view, it looks like Brad is just attacking this bellhop, which I would hope at that point they would maybe yeah. question why he would be doing that. But it's because the bellhop was implying, and not so subtly, that this guy's fiance yeah. was a prostitute. So he, yes. he he slugs him and dumps him into a basket or something. Right. And, and I'm not saying it was appropriate behavior, but Gina's like, 
God, have you ever? I never knew he could be so violent. Oh my! And they yeah. turn his. I'm like, what? It's not like he beat up Val. I mean, or even got aggressive. Yeah, he's a misogynist yeah, I, I, jerk, I, I, but he's not. Yo, know, did I? Am I wrong? No, I mean, in that? And, and I mean, the bell have just led them up to uh, he. Uh, they should have. Uh, I mean, he led them up to a room full of prostitutes. Yeah. Basically. Yes. So, so I mean. It's again, not like, they like I, yeah, should like again the up. movie commits to it tries everything and commits to nothing. <laughs> I think that's the, that that's is the, the tagline. That could be the track. Yeah, that, that tries it everything the, and commits to nothing. It tries very. It does. It really does. It, but it just you know. Okay, well, gentlemen, we somehow managed to talk about this movie for an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> that's because we're great. Oh my god! I have no idea how. Okay. I I thought it was gonna be forty five. Are you, are you like, okay? Let oh, I'll, I'll I'll go first. <laughs> hey Peter, what, I, did you, I, what did you think of this movie? <laughs> it's not a great movie. It's still a good movie. And then they left a the murder and weapon it, to the brother. Screw <laughs> you guys! I'm going home. So, it's actually, it, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this in a long, long time, and it was actually better than I remembered. God damn it. Why the hell? And, 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 Pete, and, and Peter never recommended another movie to those those inconsiderate jerks ever again. He walked off into the forest and never returned. And that's why they're All you can hear is he. Because Peter is chopping wood to yeah. relieve the tension. <laughs> no. In my, in my, since I hadn't seen this in a long time, I thought, I was, again, this is a teen comedy. That's yeah. what I had in my mind. It's supposed to Whoops. be. But it, it wasn't. And I kind oh. of appreciate it more this time. Would you appreciate it even more if the two dudes had died? <laughs> I love that. Then the race car could have just drove by. <laughs> just along the beach. It's like Daytona, where they let the cars drive on the beach. <laughs> There's the turbo interceptor. Well, okay. <laughs> The, the and it's dark, me and Joel in the car the, going, hey. Got you rewrite. We got you. We got today's pages. Living inside me says that would have been awesome. <laughs> I need to get a sketch done by an artist about that car, us in it. And then driving by while Peter cries. Wait, wait, wait. With one of us having our hand out the window holding a bunch of uh, uh, freshly written script pages. Yes. And Peter in the back seat just with tears just uh, coming out of his eyes. You ruined everything. You ruined everything. Oh. Wouldn't have been awesome as he was saving, as Killer was saving CJ, there was a, a, a runaway truck on the beach with that, which made no sense, <laughs> rammed all of the people there. Yes. <laughs> drove, out, drove out into the sea oh, and God. driver drowned. Yes. That was and yes. the college cut to scene of a whole bunch of caskets with college uh, <laughs> capping gowns on top and of it. And it just ends, wait, just ends with it the girls ends. going, looking at each other. No, no, going, no, 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 no. I know what it, what it should end with. Are you, are you ready? Yes. Yeah, what, what? The Timbuk 3 sound. The, the, the future is so bright. You wait, gotta wait, 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 what? I'm doing all right. Getting good grades. I completely forgot we we forgot to mention that when in your movie and it's set in the 80s by the way <laughs> no matter what happens you have to unironically use a song about nuclear devastation because that's what that song's really about 
Of course. Yeah, I know. I love it to Oh, death. it's a great song. <laughs> but I'm just saying, that's what you have to do. When you want to show that you know everybody's doing all right and getting good grades, mm-hmm. play the song that's meant to be a statement against all of that. Yes. Because the future uh, is like when it blows up. That's why, yeah. I lo- you know, that's why I love the 80s series, because there's no irony at all. No. Like, no. None at all. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Nope. <laughs> so we just wrote, completely rewrote the movie. I actually think Another that, movie saved by a forgotten flicks. Indeed. Every time. I Every like time. Screw you guys. I like this yeah. movie. <laughs> that's going to be the tagline of the show. Screw you guys. I like this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we should write it down. We need T-shirts. We got a lot of sayings for this show. Uh, we need yeah, t-shirts. Yeah, we need, yeah, definitely need T-shirts. Screw you guys. I still like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Carol, where can they find you? Uh, in prison. Besides, besides, besides on the Daytona Beach uh, with the Turbo Interceptor. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Taylor Network of Podcasts. Uh, all the podcasts that I'm a part of or that are in my network are available there. Nice. Peter, where can they yes. find you besides the wilds of Sweden? The wilds of Sweden? <laughs> they can find me on ForgottenFlicks.com. Dot com. Where I, where, I, where I got beat down twice this week for the movies I chose. <laughs> but we love you, Peter. My therapist is having a ball. If it wasn't for you, seriously, if it wasn't for you, this, and I think, Daryl, I would hope you'd agree with me, this show would be way too douchey. Like, you're the yes, nice guy factor that we have to have. Like, if you weren't here. Yes, Peter takes the douche out of really, the Out of me. Episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. It wasn't for you. Seriously. You're like that little ray of light. The goodness. You are the light. Oh, the goodness. The goodness that is there to offset. Being the, dull, it's just dark. We're just dark. dark. You see what we did? We're, We're the emo. Funeral. We are the emo to this show. <laughs> we, we made a funeral out of a college sex Yes, we comedy. did. Yeah. Well, well. And I, I even drowned the driver. Yeah, that's true. It you you did try to amp it up. But see, even uh, when you see, that's the problem. So you were trying to be dark. On, you went so extreme, shit. it turned into a comedy again. Yeah, sure but not. should the driver be Billy Hankings? Bill Hankings. Why am I brain farting? Oh, come on. Was that from, from the Wraith? From the Wraith? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, it, it was, if it was Did the he... Turbo Interceptor, yes, he's turned it into a convertible, and he's cruising down Daytona Beach, then yes, it should be him. Yeah. Killing <laughs> killing innocent. Killing innocent people. Swimmers and surfer dudes. Yes. Screw you guys. I still like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the final word. <laughs> All right. So, so do either of you have... A final word. You are you, man. Yeah. And I need to be again. Thanks for listening. And for even more retro movie goodness, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and feel free to leave a review. It helps more people find out about the show. And a special thanks to JV at YourSecretIdentity.com for all the fantastic music you've heard throughout this show. So swing on by ForgottenFlix.com where we've got great retro reviews, articles, games, tons of past podcast episodes and interviews, and more. <laughs> <laughs>